Hey guys, welcome to the Chain Gang Podcast, episode 34. Uh, we are at uh, the wild card playoffs uh, games this week, and we have a lot of topics we want to talk about and go over. Uh, we have a new guest today, our buddy Dylan Burtonshaw taking over for Chase. Say what's up, Bert. Hey guys, how y'all doing? Good, I'm glad we can hear him. He's good. Uh, he doesn't really know how we do the show and how we organize it, but we're going to try to help him along. Uh, the first topic we have for the day is our NFL playoff games uh, this Saturday and Sunday and a Monday night game for the Bucks at home. So we'll do the first game I have on the list and it's Jags versus uh, Jags versus Chargers uh, a home game for the Jaguars, which is really big when you're talking about playoff games. So how do you guys think this is going to go and what, um, what do you guys think is going to be the most uh, I guess you could say um key elements that each team needs to have in order to win uh, Saturday. Go ahead, Bert. You want me to go? Yeah, you, uh, Bert, you can go first. All right. So um, I think a few elements. So I'm going to go ahead and I see that the Chargers are in the favorite with the Vegas odds um, at two and a half. Mm-hmm. I just I really think I'm going to go with the Jaguars on this game. One, they've been playing really good the last few weeks. I think Trevor Lawrence is going to have to have a huge game. Secondly, we're going to have to keep an eye on number two, Jenkins. That guy has been balling out, and when the defense has needed him, he's been playing lights out. And right now, I think the Chargers are going to be playing a little tight. I think they have a lot of pressure on them, especially with their head coach, Brandon Staley. Um, I mean, all year we've been hearing rumors since the fourth, going on fourth down last year to get into the playoffs, going all the way into the wild card this year. I think he's been in the hot seat. I think he really needs – I think that the Chargers really need a big game. I think Staley needs a big game. But I really think the, the Jaguars are uh, going to take the edge on this one. Yeah, piggybacking off what you said, like, I don't – I want to choose the Chargers because I like who they have. They have pretty good skill players, great skill players on defense as well. Um, but they can never really get the job done. I mean, they have one of the best quarterbacks in the league, and it always seems like they just can't do it. Um, and I think that boils down to who their coach is, like Brandon Staley. Um, so I don't, I don't like this two and a half uh, point favorite for the Chargers. I think that, I think the Jags are going to win this one. I don't want to say it be so dramatic, but I could see the Jags kind of being how the Bengals were last year, and no one really expected them to win. And keep All right, the Super Justin. Bowl. I don't know if that's no, 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 no. I'm not saying going to the Super Bowl. I'm just saying. I think the Jags will surprise some people. With- well, you know, this is football. Uh, all It's not basketball. You only have to win one game, and any football right. team can win one game, and that's exactly. uh, anything can happen. So um, is there anything else you guys want to go before I, I go? So I also have uh, Joey Bosa's a little banged up. Another questionable call by the coach last week, starting the starters. He got Joey Bosa banged up, but he is in practice playing. But Mike Williams is out with the low yeah, back. We'll definitely be seeing yeah. like a big, I would say a big, uh, a big problem there for the Chargers. It's going to be a lot of Keenan Allen. It's going to be a lot of Austin Eckler. I mean, I do think Justin Herbert is a top four quarterback in the league, probably right. pushing to number three. I think if he has more of a confident offense, uh, maybe a little bit better playing call and something a little more consistent. It's just Justin Justin Herbert's playing a lot of superhero. A lot of Superman ball, and I just yeah, we really got to see you know full team win on this one, but that's why I pulled in the bags. Right. All right. Well, I I think I we all have the same um, assessment on what's going to happen. I think I also know this is a big game for both uh, teams because you know both quarterbacks are going to get their first playoff win uh, in their um, professional career, but I think it's more so on the Jaguars or not Jaguars, uh, the Chargers. Mainly because the Chargers, like you guys say, they always choke. They always are the laughing stock of the league as far as like a great team, a great offense, but can't go anywhere but pass but the first round. Right. So um, when you're when you're Herbert and you're a young star and you know when you're watching ESPN and stuff, they're and they're talking about who's the top five and they like to throw his name in there. They like to throw his name in there, and you have this has to be his game to prove. So Lawrence has kind of been overshooting his projections for the team and everything so while it is pressure on him to win i mean it's a big game for both quarterbacks i think herbert needs this 
more for his career than Lawrence right. does at the moment. Now, if Lawrence wins, it'll be a, a huge game uh, for him and just blow up the team. And that could elevate them into the off season to get more people to come in. Right. So you have um, this, just the season. I mean, you have Lawrence throwing uh, 400 and 4,113 yards. He's ninth with 25 touchdowns tied. That's tied for eighth. And he has only eight interceptions. That's 12. So that, that ratio is pretty good. I like those odds, but Herbert, and him are very identical in those numbers. Herbert has yeah, 600 yeah. more yards, but they've thrown the same amount of touchdowns and Herbert's thrown two more picks. So um, you have – You also have to account for the Jags having a little bit more of a run game versus the Chargers. Correct, think- yes. Eckler doesn't really – Eckler plays the middle ground. He'll get you 60 yards and like six, seven pa- receptions. Like he plays the middle. They don't really pound and pound that uh, – that, um, between the and the a gap with Eckler as much as they did he did have a big run the other week for like 90 something yards <laughs> but right. that doesn't matter that's 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 a that's a fluke of a thing he does not do that regularly yeah. um, i think it, it really just boils down to doug peterson's been here before but brandon staley has not he cannot win in the playoffs doug right. peterson has won the super bowl right yep. i think that's where where we're all basically deciding who's going to win this game. Yeah, this this matchup here was a early season matchup with, you know, they played and Jacksonville destroyed them. It was like yeah. 31 to 10, I remember. And yeah. they threw the ball a lot because they were down. He was Herbert was 25 out of 45 with just hair under 300 yards. He had one pick and one touchdown, which is okay game, but not you know, if you look at the score, it's like, whoa, that's a lot. But if you just look at his, it's like, okay, it's a mediocre game. But Lawrence, on the other hand, he he had 28 completions out of 39, 262 yards, three touchdowns, and no interceptions. He had a flawless game. It right. was a really good game for him. So that, that had to be when that defense was at its peak. It's it's early in the season. Not many injuries have ha- were happening. So when you put that into account, I think the Jags have more momentum they have more of a dynamic offense as far as being able to run the ball, pass the ball, and they're coming in, even though, and they have a home game. That home game means a lot. Yeah, um, so I think I have, I also have Jacksonville winning. I didn't know we'd agree on that. I figured one of us would be a, picking the Chargers, but I think it's just the history of the Chargers and upcoming of uh, Trevor Lawrence and those Jags. So right. we can, ju- we can jump right into the Seahawks at 49ers game. Uh, Bert, you can go first if you want to. All right, man. I'm actually really excited about this game. So, one, I don't know if you guys saw, Pete Carroll came out early in the conference, the press conference talking about how good the 49ers are. I think that's shown a little gamesmanship. I think he was kind of a little bit, I don't want to say taunting, but, you know, Pete Carroll's that guy. He, he's, he's always trying to get his team the edge. And I, I think that's kind of what he was doing there at the press conference. I believe it was Monday or Sunday. Um. So I definitely I'm going to take the 49ers for the win, but I'm going to take the Seahawks to cover. And this is why there's a few things cover cover the odds that we're talking about, you know, a little bit of betting. Right. Um, I think the Seahawks are going to play a lot better than a lot of people expect. One, they have a better run game. That's going to be something that they're really going to have to be relying on. There are, I think, 10 and one. Uh, I don't know. Don't don't mark me on that. They're actually fairly really well when K-9 is in the game getting the rock. So when Kenneth Walker has the ball in his hands, the Seahawks are a whole different team. Right. When he has the ball in his hands, that means they can do a little bit more play action. Geno's a little bit more accurate with the run game. They just got a young team. They need to kind of keep it, keep it flowing, keep it on the ground. And then you also have to talk about the weather that's going to be happening in the game. It's going to be crazy. It's going to be raining. It's going to be slippery. Can Brock Purdy pull his team in for a win? Can he do enough for the team to win in these kind of rainy conditions and the wild card? Can he do it for his first playoff matchup? Um, A couple things to kind of look at. I think the 49ers are getting on the healthier side, but Bosa's banged up. Armstead is banged up. Kirsten McCaffrey, Greenlaw, they do have the number one defense. But a couple of guys on the injury report, they're kind of in the maybe list. They've been kind of probably in the, the trainer's office pretty often this week, kind of trying to rehab. Um, but Brody's Brock Purdy, I'm sorry. 
Brock Purdy's looking really good. Uh, I think he's six and zero since he's gotten the reins of since Miami, and uh, yeah. he's really he's really been taken over. And I think Christian McCaffrey would be a big factor in this game. I think I I agree with you. In order for the Seahawks to be close in this game, they can't let the 49ers run away with it because the 49ers have a great run game as well. So Seahawks aren't very good against the run defensively. Um, so, I mean, as long as Seattle can score early and make the 49ers work for it, I think that's how they have their chance to win put Brock Purdy to the test because that's the only way you're really going to expose the 49ers. Two great coaching staffs facing off against each other, and uh, they have to find a way to make Brock Purdy uncomfortable, and it's going to be kind of hard with what Kyle Shanahan is going to be cooking up because he's going to try and keep Brock Purdy pressure off from manage that game, pull a Jimmy Garoppolo and try to win the game. So He's a good coach. Yeah. Yeah, I – I like uh, Kyle Shanahan, and you know I give all the credit, you know, to the 49ers, Man, they've had a hell of a season. Uh, I I'm gonna seem like a hater on Brock Purdy. I don't think he's as good as he seems to be, even though they are winning. I understand wins are important, especially for a quarterback. I don't think he has the uh, talent that he's been credited for the wins, um, and I do think he could crumble in this game. He is, you know, a seventh round pick, uh, the last pick, so. Um, when you benefit from a top defense, a uh, hell of a coach, the bet, one of the best running backs in the game, one of the best tight ends in the game, one of the best receiving cores in the game, one of the best offensive lines in the game. If I already said defense head coach, I mean, you got everything going for you. How the fuck can you not be good? That's my question. Or, and that's why I think Jimmy Garoppolo flourished so well, because he didn't have to have 300 yards and three touchdowns to win a game. He just had to have 150 yards, have a good completion percentage, and just feed the ball to Debo. That's all he had to do. Get Debo the ball, he'll win the games. And that's what they did. And that's what they're doing with Brock. They know his limitations. They're not going to put him in schemes or situations where he's going to be, like, having to rely all purely based off his knowledge of the game. That's why the Seahawks need to get ahead. The Seahawks need to go – they need to go all out. If they win this game – this could really set them up for every game forward. I mean, I'm not saying they would win at all, but this will give them a huge boost. This would eliminate the two seed. I mean, the 49ers are a two seed for a reason. Um, and, uh, you know, like you, like uh, Bert was saying with uh, their injuries, the injuries could hurt them, you know, being very early in the year. The Seahawks aren't a team that you kind of can just like, uh, we'll just bench them a little bit. No, you have to play them, even though – we were saying they were going to be in the lottery basically for picks this year. Um, you know, they're, they're, they're winning games, even though they had a stretch of games where um, they they've lost. Um, and the two matchups that they actually played against the 49ers, they lost too. Um, both, both matchups. So I love to see a Geno Smith win. Close. Those games were fairly close. They were close. The meeting was a little, I think they kind of, got yeah. put on at the end of the game, but they were a lot closer than the scores. Kind right. Of yeah. I got, I got love for Geno Smith right now, you know, with him and his performance this year, it's just incredible. Um, but facing one of those, the best defenses in the league will be tough, man. I, it'll be hard. Um, it'll definitely be hard. And the Seahawks have had a great season, but this matchup, I think finally, you know, could come to an end. So I got the 49ers winning. I, you know, even though I said what I said about Brock Purdy, he's been flawless with, you know, as far as winning games. Um, he doesn't really make mistakes and that's important. That's really important. So, um, you know, the coaches have done a great job with him and putting him in the best situation possible to win games. So I'm pretty sure they're going to do that again. This, uh, would they play Saturday, this Saturday? Um, but like I said, man, his, his seventh round pick could, uh, I guess draft capital. Yeah. His draft capital could show basically, um, but, uh, I think I think the Seahawks have I mean win or lose um as long as they great season TCU out there I think they can hang their hat high I mean people uh probably thought they're gonna go number one overall in the draft so. yeah I mean I and, know uh, people did they're actually a young young ball team I mean they drafted really well this past year and if they keep that up uh, yeah this might be a few years down the line the Seahawks are in the bowl 
That is true. So we're on to the next one. Dolphins at Bills. I don't think we have much to say about this game, but yeah. if you guys do, go right ahead. Dylan? All right, I'll start it off. All right, so this game is obviously not going to be as exciting. Uh, I do think the Dolphins match up really well with the Bills. I mean, they beat them once in the, in Miami. They played really well against the Bills. I was watching that game. I really thought the, the Dolphins were to come out in Buffalo that week. Um, but without Tua, it's kind of hard to say. I mean, they're not even having Teddy Ridgewater play with right. the broken hand or thumb. Um, so it's really difficult. Skylar Thompson was a good college quarterback, but he's more of a scout team kind of guy. I mean, last week we saw the offense kind of stuttered. He only threw for 104 yards. Right. This is a high-powered offense. You can't be throwing for 104 yards. You got to keep up. And we know Tua was on in the MVP talks earlier this year. Yeah. Um, I would say one thing that does kind of concern me with Buffalo, they have 19 takeaways this year. They might win this game, but are they going to win the next? Yeah, There's that's true. five takeaways in the end zone just by Josh Allen. This is why I think Josh Allen is the third best quarterback in the league and not the second. Mm-hmm. I really think there's a big thing where he's probably looking at Patrick Mahomes. He's thinking he's that dude. He's thinking he's that dude. Does a little bit too much. I don't know if Ken Dorsey, if it's uh, Brian uh, Dayball leaving. I don't know what that is. But they might have this game, but I don't know if they're going to get the next. Right. You know, I agree with you. Imagine. I agree with you that uh it's gonna be really hard pressed for the Dolphins to make this game. Cause I mean, I know Buffalo's defense is a little beat up. I mean, they have some injuries. I think Von Miller's he's out for the season, he's been out. Um and Trey White's been going on and off of injury, but I don't know. I mean I, I they could cover the spread. It's a 14-point favorite right now for Buffalo. Um, so I could see Miami maybe sticking in if Buffalo lets off the gas pedal a little bit. Um, but it's it's hard-pressed to even give Miami a shot here. It's uh, Skylar Thompson, another, another rookie quarterback, starting for his team. This one's a little bit worse situation. But Buffalo's just too good, and I could see him losing down the road, like Burke said. But – um, I had to take Buffalo in this one by a landslide. Yeah, it's uh, there's not really much for me to add. I mean, you guys basically hit all the key points. Skylar Thompson, not that guy. And uh, I, I, I had my doubts on the Dolphins, but the way they kind of use their players, they kind of get the most out of them. And they use Tua well, I think, you know, his limitations as far as accuracy and um, just being able to read a defense. They, they don't play to his weaknesses they play to his strengths and that's also just dumping it off to Tyree Kill so um uh, like I said if two was there it might be more convincing but I'd still bet on the bills yeah. um so it's really a shame that Tua is out yeah I like that I I would have liked to have seen him play and yeah. you know it match up so well yeah it it match up it match up pretty good um anytime I, you have a division playoff game it's really usually a yeah game. Yeah, it's it, there's more on on the line right. just because of the division. Um, but let's segue from that and uh, let's go to the Giants and Viking at Vikings. Oh, man, this is the game I've been waiting for. <laughs> this is a uh, pretty big game, I would say. This is a game that I'm definitely going to be watching. Um, oh, yeah. So, Justin, you want to start this one off? Yeah, I'll start it. Um, I know there's people. I mean, don't get me wrong, man. <laughs> I think the Giants are a sneaky candidate to win this and they have a decent team Daniel Jones has actually taken a step forward this year not not having as many turnovers the Gillian seven picks this year um Saquon Barkley is returning to form a little bit and the only thing the Giants don't have is a dynamic receiving threat and I think that's what really will kill them in this game is they they're not gonna be able to stretch the field and when you're playing an offense that's Adam Thielen old Adam Thielen know that but Adam Thielen, Dalvin Cook, Madison, obviously Justin Jefferson, TJ Hawkinson. You got you the name keep... man. You, Justin you... Jefferson. Oh, yeah. I already named him. Already what a named bro. Him. What a bro. But yeah, you gotta you gotta keep up. So I think I think it, the Giants making an interesting game because the Vikings let to like to let people in the game no matter what, because they like to keep it a one possession game. I think they had like 14 one possession games this year. Um 
But I, I think at the end, the Vikings cover the spread and they win the game. So, all right, Bert, what do you got? All right, man. Je- the Vikings are up. I think it's uh, minus three in Vegas. I think uh, they got Giants as the dogs. But I'm going to have to disagree with that. <laughs> the Giants are playing with house money this week. Sure. What do they have to lose? Can you yeah. name a receiver on their roster? <laughs> no. But you know that guy Hodges? That guy is a stud. I think the big X factor is, I mean, they got that guy on the other side, that dog, Justin Jefferson. <laughs> that guy's a beast. But I think the major X factor and why I think the Giants might win this game. I, now, put that away. I know they're going to win this game. Yeah. Because they have a better coaching staff. We can start yeah. off with Brian Dayball. That's going to be coach of the year this year. We can yeah. talk about their defense coordinator. I, I That's who I think is going to be the big X factor is their defense coordinator. Um. So, one, we'll start off with uh, Kirk Cousins. He's 500 this year in primetime games. Three holiday games that he's had this year, he's 500. You got the Packers getting blown out. Then we're looking at the Patriots. Close game, I think. Uh, I believe they came back and won that game, so they should have lost. They have 11 comeback wins this year. Uh, then you got the Eagles. Blowout. That's early in the season. Another primetime game they lost. And then the Giants, they won by three. And that's early or a little bit early or later in the season as well. Um, I think Martindale is going to throw the whole kitchen sink at him. I think he's one of the best defense coordinators right behind the 49ers, D'Amico Ryans. Uh, I won't be surprised if this game uh, gets a little bit ugly and when in doubt, give it the 26. 26 is, is a tough player, and he'll definitely yep. get the Giants to win. Especially against the terrible Vikings run defense. Oh my god, they're awful. Yeah, that defense has not been the same in the last like it was the last few seasons. But I think I I, I think I have um the Vikings projected to win this one. I just think um even though I'd love to see the Giants win because underdog and also that could set my team up for a easy dub. <laughs> um but the it's Vikings are like hit or miss for me, man. You could have a killer fucking Kirk Cousins and Dalvin Cook's just running it down your throat and Justin Jefferson just can't be guarded. Or you'll have this like weird offense where they'll ha- score on the first drive and then they can't get past the 50 yard line. So right. that's why the, the, the giants are a sneaky win um, for me. And I wouldn't be surprised if they won. I mean, the Seahawks and them have literally been just like, what are they doing teams this, this year? Part, like, sure. Yeah, just surprises that – good surprises because it keeps it interesting. It's not just a walk-in for all the other teams. Um, but, you know, Kirk Cousins think, pissed me off week 17, man. It, it really – him and just, just not getting your guy the ball. If you don't feed Justin Jefferson the ball, especially on a championship fucking weekend for fantasy football, you ass wipes. Um, drafted you first round, buddy, and you got four points. So or probably less than that. But that pissed me off. But I'm I'm not upset. I'm not that upset. Sure. Uh, I won, so I'm not too worried about it. But it did piss me off. Um, so uh, I have the Viking Vikings winning this one pretty easily. If I played to the teams, you know, on paper, um, the Vikings are just that fucking team this year. And what and that game oh. they came back, the the game that they came back on uh, against the Colts, man, that was just that was. That, that was, was nuts. A, that was that Justin was, Jefferson right there. Yeah, that if I'm just saying, man. I mean, how many times can you guys do that in a year? I mean, they got eleven already. I just I can't see sixteen them out of seventeen games. Justin Jefferson killed it. And when in doubt, give it to twenty six. That's a maybe six. Maybe that's a tough football team, and well, they listen, have a good identity. To, I think they're the two best young coaches in the league. First, first year head coaches, but I think Dayball takes it. Man, well, I, listen, I really listen. This is my this is my X factor here. I think it's going to be a close game. This might even be end up being the best game of the weekend because of how, like you're saying, it's a new two first-year coaches bringing their team for a playoff run for the first time in a few years. I think the Vikings were there like three years ago. But um, the X factor in this game is going to be if Daniel Jones proves whether he's worth a contract or not. I think mm-hmm. if he wins this game – He'll get himself some at least free agency interest, if not from the Giants, because he's proving 
that he can win, even if he's not doing much with what he's got. They got I a think, first round pick. They can go get Derek Carr. He's available. That's what I'm saying. I think I think Daniel Jones, this is gonna be his he's gonna have to have a, a prove it game. And I think he's got a little bit of a chip on his shoulder. So we're gonna see if he can live up to that. Uh, that too much, but I think Derek Carr is the guy you gotta call. Oh yeah, no. I mean, over Daniel Jones for sure. Yeah. I th- I hear a lot of talk about um the Giants drafting one of the three quarterbacks in the draft this year. So that could also be their plan too. I, had, I don't think I saw, any... I saw one with uh that eight with AR fifteen the uh Robinson. Yeah, um, Richardson. Richardson, sorry, I was thinking Robinson. Richardson. I think the only there's no quarterback I think that can really succeed very well in the Giants scheme because think... of how bad their receivers are. Brian Dayball will. I, I think he's doing that, great. That's why yeah, I think you need. I think you need, think you need AR Allen. because of that reason. You could be. Yeah, you need a weapon. You really just need a weapon. One weapon in the pass game. They don't have one. They're the they're bringing back classes, Odell, man. The receiving class isn't as good as it was last year, but they can probably uh, get someone late in the round. True. Yeah. I think that's what they should go do. Yeah. <sighs> okay. So we, this is a big game. Not really anymore because we just learned Lamar is not going to play. Uh, so we have Ravens at Bengals. I mean, it's there's not really much. This is kind of like the Dolphins-Bills game. There's not much. I mean, yeah. the Ravens' defense is kind of not that good to be able to keep up with the with the Bengals. And you got um, Lamar out. You have Joe Burrow just going to, I'm sure, going to sling it to just Jamar Chase every fucking play. And Joe Mixon's just going to be running up the, their A-cap, just fucking right. them up. So um that's all i got i mean there's not much i can say i don't think they're gonna win with tyler huntley and i don't think no. it's gonna be an interesting game i think it's gonna be over by halftime just like the college championship games so. have they named tyler huntley the starter i know they're kind of going back and forth with second oh yeah because you know, brown or whatever well if he Huntley's not playing then they definitely don't have a chance all right <laughs> i think this game is it's there i will say there is a few games where the Bengals start slow almost but and this could be one of those games because it's a playoff game and Zach Taylor, I don't think he's that great of a coach. So I, I could see their team kind of starting a little slow. Um, but I think in the end of that, I, I think the Bengals will definitely prevail. Probably double digits, call it double digits at least. Yeah, be the spread's set at eight and a half. All right, so, bro, what do you got? All right, obviously the ob- – it's out there. Lamar's not playing, and I want to go ahead and start off with that little piece. I won't go into it too deep, but I am so glad Lamar is not playing. I'm unfortunate that it is hurt. It's a close stage three PCL tear. Um, that is very unfortunate, and I hopefully he has a speedy recovery. But if I was his teammate, I I wouldn't ask him to come back in the game. I'd go say, go get that bag. They didn't take a chance on him in the offseason to pay him that guaranteed money. Then pay him what he thinks he's worth. They want to pay him all year. Now look at them. Without uh, without Lamar, they are two and three. The offense has plummeted down. They're yeah. not as explosive as, as they are or were. Um, but I do have to say, I do think this game is going to be a lot closer. I think the Ravens cover the spread. Um, I think the defense is going to be very, very important. We have Rokon Smith. We got Patrick Queen. Both been tearing it up since true, true. that trade. And that's a $100 million man right there that, Playing middle linebacker, it's true. Completely changed the defense all over. They still wrong. Different with a mean attitude. Then this is where I'm going to get you, Justin. This is where I'm going to get you. The right guard and the right tackle are out. That middle of the offense is going to be wide open. It's going to look like the Super Bowl all over again in Week One in the wild card. I do think the Bengals are going to win because that cool Joe in the back. Joe Cool back there, the second best quarterback in the league. I really think he is that man. He's the real deal. Um, I think he has too many weapons. I think one thing that they do need to focus on is getting that run game back into place. I mean, in the middle of the year, they had a two-headed monster with P. Ryan. They got Joe Joe Mixon going out there. I think this is going to have to be – it's going to be a tough game. I really think it's going to be really close, uh, more close than a lot of people expect. But they're just going to have to, you know – Push that edge. Use this game as a real test for the next week. Yeah, that's all I got for this. I I like your logic there. They do. They have upgraded their defense. John Harbaugh is a good coach. It, it, they're gonna have to lean around the culture. Baltimore is gonna have to. I know. Lean around. That's the only way they keep it close is if John Harbaugh can uh, 
motivate his players. He's got to have motivation in their players because if not, the Bengals will just run away. It takes one deep ball to Jamar Chase, and they're demoralized. That's what I'm worried about. Yeah, Marlon Humphrey, Humphrey in their secondary. I don't – their front seven I believe in, but their, their other four against the Bengals, I don't know. There's not a lot of DBs that can cover those guys. Yeah, you got you got a trio of receivers that are just itching for the ball. So you got a surgical quarterback. Yeah. And if you got you got Jamar Chase covered, you got T. Higgins on the other side, man. That's gonna be You can try play. locking up Jamar. I mean, you're just opening up Tyler Boyd and T. Higgins from having right. Higgins, so. saying, All right. So we can start uh talking about the Bucks game now. So we have uh. Cowboys at Bucks in Tampa. At Raymond James Stadium, a, a night game on Monday night. How do you guys think that's going to go? Justin, go first. I want to be all last right. on this topic. All right, all right. Listen up. You see this? See that? That's a Patriot symbol. I can't see the Patriots. Can't really see it. Fine. I don't have any Patriot shit up. Well, I will ride. Tom Brady's dick to the day I die. So, for this game, Tom Brady's going to return to form here. And <laughs> and he's going to, you know, all right, I'm going to bring up the stat. Tom Brady's 7-0 against the Cowboys in his career. In his career, dude. The Cowboys are his son. Jerry Jones is his grandson. Sitting in his lap, kissing yes. him. He's Santa, and Jerry Jones is a little kid sitting in his lap. Tom Brady's going to come into this game, tell Dak Prescott that it's it's like stealing kid from I mean stealing stealing, stealing. candy from <laughs> a kid in a candy store. Um, no, but seriously, stealing kids from the candy store. Yeah, I think I think this <laughs> I think this game is going to be close. I, 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 I don't think it's going to be a runaway from the Bucks, but um, I think the experience and skill of Tom Brady will overpower the Cowboys. I know they've had a pretty good season, um, but the Cowboys seem to have these games when it's like a big time thing. Like they just got destroyed by the Commanders. Like why? How are you getting destroyed by the Commanders? And I think the Bucks have a better defense than the Commanders, and I think they will expose their weaknesses and the fact Zeke only had like 37 yards last week. Tony Pollard wasn't doing much either. Dak Prescott could not throw the ball. Um, so I think, I think the Bucks pull the upset off here. I know it's only a two and a half point spread in the, in the Cowboys favorite, but um, I, I got Tom Brady all the way here. I agree. <laughs> I agree. What do you got, Bert? You he, said he, he said he wanted to go last. Oh, okay. Sorry. Okay. 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 So I, I obviously have the Bucks, but not for personal reasons aside. I don't really think the Cowboys have a shot to win. When you talk about history, you talk about location. They've they've struggled at uh at home for against the Buck or against the Bucks at their house. So I really wouldn't expect a whole lot from the Cowboys. It wouldn't shock me if they won either. I don't think that they can't win. Right. But uh the team is really bad in the playoffs um they're really bad late in games they just have terrible luck when it comes to refs so i just like i said i don't know and when you take into account their division i mean you say the the eagles are better this year but they play against shitty teams the bucks play against shitty teams too but we play other good teams as you know uh measuring stick games um the cowboys every year get a great record because they play they have one of the easiest uh, schedules in the NFL every year. They're always at the at the top as far as how easy it is. Um, and Dak Prescott, if the Bucks want to win, this is what the Bucks got to do. If the Bucks want to win, they just have to stop the run game. If they can stop the run game, it's over because you're going to put the game into Dak's hands. And what does Dak do in late in games? He Choke. fumbles. He fumbles the bag. He literally chokes. He can't throw the ball. He dumps it to Dalton Schultz. CeeDee Lamb, you know, has to go against a really good uh, secondary. The Bucs have a really good secondary. Carlton Davis, Jamel Dean, or is it Jamel? Yep. It's Jamel Dean. Yeah, Jamel Dean. Um, I think, I, I I hope, I haven't, I didn't even check shit if um, Antonio Winfield is back. I hope he's right. back. 
because he's been injured and in, throughout the season. Don't know if he's back, but if he's back, you know, that's not looking good for him in that uh, offense. So I think if you put the game away inside, you know, the tackles, it's game over. You're going to have or four stack in his offense to pass the ball. The Cowboys defense isn't even that good in general anyways. Um, and I think if the Bucks can solidify a run game, it'll take the pressure off uh, Tom Brady. He can, he still has all his weapons. He still has Chris Godwin healthy. Mike Evans killed it. His the last week of the season. Well, the la- the last week he played a full game. The the game though, I think the actual last week he barely played or didn't really play. But the other week he had like I think in fantasy he had like 30, 40 points. Um, so he's still there. The only thing he doesn't have is his tight end. He just needs his tight ends to get healthy, and hopefully they'll get um, Ryan Jensen back at some point during the playoffs he's supposed to be coming back oh he is back but he's supposed to be getting healthy to come back uh at some week during the uh playoffs if they do so this will be a great game for us if we if they win we'll feel as a fan base we'll feel better i mean as a fan base for the cowboys i feel more upset because how they performed against the redskins the last week that was terrible the redskins were trying to lose they were trying to lose that game and the cowboys literally could not do anything they were running the ball Running the ball, they got the ball on the fifth. They're on the fifty-yard line, the Redskins, and ran the ball all three plays. Didn't get any yards. The Cowboys get the ball, don't do anything. The Redskins get the ball in great field position again. They run the ball three times in a row. They were trying to throw that game with, and they're only up a touchdown. They're only up a touchdown. Cowboys couldn't couldn't do anything. So as a, if I was a fan, I'd be really disappointed going in because I'm like, shit. If we can't even perform against the Redskins. And I know the Bucks are shaky, but you play against Tom Brady. You can't just count that shit out. Like, oh, he hasn't had a great season. All right, well, what if – very likely he'll light your ass up. Playoffs is when he elevates. So, um, Bert, you can jump into whatever you want to. But I really think the Cowboys have a shot just based off history, based off team and stuff like that. So, but I wouldn't be surprised if they won. I wouldn't be surprised. They, they have the potential, but they always choke. So, I'm betting on the choke. Can the Cowboys handle the Tom magic, the Tommy magic right there? Can he? Can the Cowboys hang on to it? I, I very much think so. One thing you guys both said is that you guys have no expectations for the Cowboys. You won't be surprised if they won, but you're really kind of more so guaranteeing an L. And that's where I think the Cowboys have the, the edge. Cowboys are favored at minus three and a half. They're also playing – they're not playing very well. So that means there's not a lot of pressure on them. And I think that's where they're going to play really well at. Um, Jerry Jones earlier this week says that Mike is not going to get fired, win or loss of this game. So there's going to be, you know, less pressure on Mike. You got Dan Quinn. He's trying to get a head coaching job somewhere in the league. I think he's going to try to really show out. One thing with the Cowboys defense, I and I heard this earlier uh, this week from Sean Payton, that they don't, they're not as fast on grass. They're a turf defense. They fly a little bit faster on defense. But one thing about Tampa is they're very one dimensional. Tom Brady's going to throw as old as he is 45. He'll probably have 45 attempts throwing the ball. Probably more. They cannot get the run game going the whole year. I mean, no surprise. They couldn't get it done last year either. I just really think the Cowboys are going to come through. They had a pretty embarrassing last week, a pretty embarrassing game last week. Dak in particular had a very embarrassing game last week, but he is a B-plus quarterback to a B quarterback. He's a very solid guy, and he's a little out of character right now, especially this year. That might be because he's forcing a little bit too much. He's working on chemistry. You have to think, before Amari Cooper, he wasn't very good. With Amari Cooper, very efficient. Now, this is the first year he's trying to get CD, that number one reps. He's trying to get Tony Pollard the ball, Zeke the ball, really trying to find that groove. And that's why I think Cowboys are going to have the edge in this game. I think they just came off an embarrassing loss. They're going to be a little bit more on edge. There's not a lot of pressure on them. And they're just going to fly around. I don't know. I mean, they beat the Eagles, what it was, at uh, Christmas Eve. And that was a pretty good game right there. Kept it close. Deep came through. Dak looked really good. Tony Pollard looked explosive. If they can play like they did then, I there's no 
no chance in my mind that the Buccaneers are going to come and win this game. I think you brought up a really good point is that the uh, the Bucks have not run the ball well at all. I think they averaged 3.7 yards per carry this year as a team. And when you're running the ball that inefficiently, it's hard to keep drives alive. And with the Cowboys, one thing they do excel in is their, their run defense. They're fast, like you're saying. Um, and they're able to shut down the run. So if they can find a way to get Tom Brady uh, pressured and uncomfortable, that's the that's how they're going to win. And and if they can't do that, I don't know how close the game will be if they pressure Tom Brady all game. So early in the season, I did think the Bucks were going to make it to the Super Bowl. That was my, like, way early prediction. Um, but how the year went, how the offensive line's going. Brady has been playing really well. He's not throwing like he's 45 years old. He is being very efficient. I'm excited to see him play for Vegas next year. I just really think that, um, you know, Mike Evans, look, they have one game against the Panthers where the Panthers don't even have a, a starting DB in the role, and Mike Evans goes for a few touchdowns. I don't think that's the same thing as Trayvon Diggs. It's not going to be the same as Hooker in the back playing safety or KZ playing safety. I think Cowboys have a little bit more dudes than the Panthers do. And I just think uh, – I, I don't know if they get it done. I think it's an old roster. Mm-hmm. I, I, don't I agree. Club, I don't really players. think – I. Well, I love I love Mike Evans, uh, but I don't I, I I agree with your idea of on paper they have a good secondary, but Trayvon Diggs is probably the laughing stock of corners as far as being a good corner, uh, and I say that because he is a t- attacked more offensively because of his weaknesses. Um, that's why you see more interceptions. That's why you see more whatever because. When if I'm Tom Brady and I'm seeing a guy that can't guard Mike Evans, I'm gonna Is target Chris him. Is in? He's he's still injured, right? Have, no, he's he's playing. He's playing. Yeah, right. I think uh, he's gonna have a big uh, big plate to carry against Micah Parsons. I think so too. I think in order for us to win, we need definitely our it's our our game depends on stopping the run and our offensive line. That's what the two key elements that the Bucks need. If they can give Tom Brady time. To make a decision, you're doing harm because if you're giving Tom Brady time, there's an issue. Um, if you can stop the run, you're creating a one-dimensional Cowboys offense in an area where they don't strive. They have two top running backs in the NFL, two of the top. So if you can take them out of the game, you're limiting it to Dak Prescott. Dak Prescott chokes. I've seen, witnessed many games this year where there has been a wide-open receiver running back, doesn't matter who it is, standing in the end zone. And this dude will won't won't even doesn't even read his de- the defense. He doesn't even read the defense. I think he just gets told where to throw. He just looks at the main the hot route, and if it's not open, throws it somewhere else. Uh, I know the specific game it was against. I want to say the Giants, or maybe it was against that Eagles team. It probably was the Eagles team. It was around Christmas time. Pollard's ran a flat route across across the field in the red zone. Didn't even look his direction. Nobody, he sent him in motion. Didn't even look his direction. Dude was standing there waving his hands in the air. And he just throws, I think, a back shoulder fucking route in the corner of the end zone. And it went nowhere. It was they had, Then they had to kick a field goal. So stuff like that is going to really matter when they play the Bucs. Because if you're going to be playing like that, I don't really think you're going to be winning against Tom Brady. You're going to have to be perfect. And Dak Prescott is far from perfect. He's below Kirk Cousins in my – he's below Derek Carr in my opinion. He has really fallen in talent. Um, so, and I'm not just saying that because they're playing them. I genuinely don't like the Cowboys, and I genuinely don't think Dak Prescott is even in the same boat as. Uh, and it, I don't even think he's. I think he's barely at a top 15 quarterback in the NFL, just purely based off of what I've seen this year. He's not right. in anymore. There's a lot of up and downs. I mean, he came off a few injuries. To, I, I that's that's understandable. I, I think he's a little bit better. He's definitely in that B range kind of around that Kirk Cousins, Derek Carr. Uh, he, and he's going to be the, the main main thing for the Cowboys. So they want to win. It's going to have to be on Dak's shoulders and he's going to have to pull through. Definitely. It's going to be all Dak. And like he, ha- I think he has the most pressure because if you watch sports and you watch ESPN, they're all talking about how trash this dude is, right? They just hound him. And when you're going, yeah. and you're a quarterback and you hear that, and now you're in the playoffs even though your head coach's job might not be in jeopardy, uh, your running back Zeke might not be in jeopardy. Everybody else's job is safe, but you're not. 
you're not safe. You've been every year. We keep saying it's your year. Every year it's your, your guys' year, and you can't do it. The Cowboys. That's that's what we have yeah, to. So assume. Mike McCarthy is going to have to make a decision. Am I going to pay? Can you pay this guy who can't even perform after Week 18, or am I going to try to find a different route? Maybe go scoop up Derek Carr. Maybe go find somebody else who's actually going to bring up this team and change the the momentum because Dax just seems like he's coasting he's not really going anything more I've never I'm, I don't even remember a game where I'm like holy crap Dax like playing like Patrick Mahomes Josh Allen or Joe Burrow out there you, just well, doesn't happen he's not that guy he isn't that guy but he but everyone but his fan base his fan base and uh people who you know think that they're gonna win that's their idea they oh yeah he's still that guy he's not that guy He's not that guy, been. no. Yeah, yeah. Insert that bad. meme. He's definitely not that guy, and that's gonna matter. You're gonna have to be that guy Saturday or uh, Monday. Sorry, you're gonna have to be that guy. It's gonna it, the whole country's watching. Yep. You got one game that day. Everybody's gonna be watching top. It could be Tom Brady's last game. You're gonna have the most views that that week. So here we go. Here we go. Got Monday. I'm ready. Let's go, Bucks. We're gonna win this shit. We're gonna move on. I don't know if we're gonna win the second round. Depends on who the fuck we play, but. Um. All right, so we're done there with the games. We got our things down. Now we're going to jump into a little trivia game. Now, Bert doesn't know how this goes. Basically, it's called Guess the Player. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to start naming facts about this person. I'm not going to re- – I don't really give away position off rip unless it starts getting to, like, who. But I'll talk about, like, college, what teams they played for, height, weight. Um, I sometimes might say offense or defense. Um, I'll tell you st- – like some stats that won't give it away too easy. And your job is to guess the first person to get it gets the point. And there's five, we'll do five rounds. So with that said, uh, we're going to start with round one. You can jump in at any time. It's not individual. So the first player we got is a six foot, 211 pound player drafted by Atlanta. Bert's favorite team. You should know this. Michael Vick. (laughs) (laughs) No drafted. Uh, by the Atlanta Falcons, I believe in 2016. Yes, 2016. Um, in the what round? Oh, okay. first round, 17th overall in 2016. Oh. Uh, by the Falcons. Desmond Trufant. No, he currently plays for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Russell Gage. No, nope. just said. Nope. First round. Russell Gage definitely wasn't first round. <laughs> 2016. He's had one pro ball, I'm assuming, when he was with the Falcons. Um, he kind of plays. Uh, Keanu Neal. Keanu Neal. Oh, Correct. Man. I didn't even say the college. I just said Florida. Yeah, you did. I forgot a college. But Florida. So that's that one. Help. Thank you. All right. Hey, <laughs> next, next one. We have a 6'1", 210-pound player. From Indiana, uh, drafted uh, by the Atlanta Falcons in the third oh, round. Telvin Coleman. Telvin Coleman, that is correct. So 1-1. One, one. You're going to give him the college and his favorite team, man. <laughs> I gave you both of you guys. All right, here we go. We have a six foot four, 272-pound player uh, out of what college? East Mississippi. Um. That, or, sorry, he went to East Mississippi, transferred to Kentucky, uh, drafted in the fourth round by the Baltimore Ravens in 2015. Matthew Judon? No. He currently plays – he was drafted by Baltimore, currently plays for Minnesota, and has also played for the Packers. Zadarius Smith. Oh. Zadarius Smith. That is correct. 2-1. You finally got some competition. But Chase, he kind of just draws a blank. Um, this one I was surprised. I was surprised on this guy being drafted this early. Uh, six foot four, two hundred and eighteen pound player drafted out of Clemson uh, in the first Steve round. Higgins. No, first round, seventh overall in twenty seventeen. Isaiah Simmons. No, he's only played for one team his whole career. Clemson, Clemson, um, overall. I'll say in the AFC. That's all I'm giving you. Wait, 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 wait. Mike Williams. Mike Williams. Yeah, yeah. Seventh overall. That was shocking when I saw this. I'm like, what? Hey, you didn't Did know, you that? know that? Yeah. No, I man. I forgot. Surprise. I forgot, man. He's that's been I, I think uh, Isaiah been, Simmons went. I think he went fifth. 
He, he went pretty early. That's why I thought it was him. They're cool. about the same size. I think Mike might be a little taller. Yeah, he is a little taller. So he last one. Like six, two. Last one. This doesn't do any good. Bert's already got the win here. Yep. But let's see if he, if he can close it within one. So we got a six-foot player, 208 pounds, uh, drafted out of Washington, uh, drafted by the Los Angeles Rams in the second round in 2019. He, he also is a Super Bowl champion. Oh, thank foot. you. I didn't know that. If you um, played Washington. You said 208 pounds? 208 pounds. DB, is it? Uh, it's um, not. I know who it is. <laughs> I know who exactly who it is. I can't no, think of his name. You don't. He's uh, 24, I think, number 24. Does it show that? No? Um, he's oh, wait. 20. It's Taylor Rapp. Taylor Rapp. Taylor, uh, that's yeah. Taylor Rapp. Taylor Rapp. Taylor Rapp. That was good. That was good. That was a very close matchup there. So, See, um, I thought it was uh, the guy that I, I, for, I think he plays for Buffalo or a different team, but kind of same kind of player. Yeah, dang. That was kind of fun. Yeah, so that's that round. It was five rounds. Bert, yes. you got the win on that one. Good win, Bert. Uh, <laughs> so our next topic we're going to talk about is which quarterback would you guys rather have? If you had the one-on-one, you really needed a quarterback, one guy you could bring in that would change the whole team. Uh, between C.J. Stroud and Bryce Young, who do you got? Uh, Bert, you want to go first? Yeah, I'll go first. Um, I think I'm going to throw you guys by surprise here. I am a big Buckeyes fan, but I'm going to go with Bryce Young. That guy is wow. talented. Yes, I think everyone is concerned about his frame. I mean, if I'm picking number one overall, I obviously don't have a good team, and the team's in the top five. I think that's where he'll go. I don't think he's going to go in a good situation, which could harm him. Um. But I was watching a game uh, earlier this year, and I just kind of – I mean, after his Heisman season, you kind of figured, okay, this guy is the truth. Um, But he's definitely a big team player. I think it was against Tennessee. I mean, the team is down. It's a tough game. It's a road game, I believe. And he's on the sideline. I mean, they cut the screen to him, and he is getting his guys together. I mean, he can be – I mean, you got, you know, Kyler Murray playing video games, sitting on the sideline, sitting on the bench. He's not a good – He's not a good teammate. He's not someone that you want to have. I mean, he's talented, has has everything. But I think Bryce Young, a huge trait that you want to have is a leader, a, right. a CEO. He's going to be the face of your company. And not just for one year, two years. He's looking to be the face for the next five years at the least. And that's right. if you don't mess it up. I'm taking Bryce Young. He's fair, He's really accurate. When they compare you to a basketball player and you're playing football, that's a different kind of league. He plays just like Steph Curry. He gets all the guys involved. Doesn't look 5'11", 6 foot. Unfortunately, I do think he's going to come in 5'11 and not run a good 40. So hopefully he doesn't run a 40 in the, in the combine. Yeah, I think it would help him if he doesn't. He's a lot quicker than he looks. Um, super accurate. And I think he was the number one player in high school. He is a baller out of California and um, definitely controls the RPO game. But that's all I got. I'm taking that guy. Yeah, I think I'm on, I'm on your side, Bert, here. I uh, I think Bryce Young is – CJ Stroud had a better season this year um, in the fact of stats and everything, numbers and stuff like that. Um, but what CJ Stroud doesn't have is, like, the, the intangibles that you're talking about, like your leadership, um, your natural ability, a charismatic uh, quarterback – someone that the your teammates around you are going to trust and look up to. I think C.J. Stroud's a little bit immature in that aspect. Not I Honestly, I think they're arm talent-wise. I think they're very similar. Yeah. But, I mean, who do you who would you rather have? Like you're saying, you, you got compared to Steph Curry, where I see C.J. Stroud, someone like Damian Lillard, right? He's just, like, great player, can do anything that Steph don't probably can. Echelon, man. I don't think. I, I think you have to compare him to a normal quarterback. I don't know. I think so. Hey. Well, it's 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 tough to it's tough to quarterbacks are the hardest thing to scout, especially, especially from Ohio State. I think Ohio State comes. Yes. They typically they're not known for quarterbacks. They they like Justin Fields, right? Um, and he hasn't even shown he's a great quarterback. No, no. Just Don't even get me started on this. I'm a very big Justin Fields guy. No, I understand. Justin Fields, I'm saying when he came in, they have the same, I think, problems that when you're a scout and you're watching them, they had the same issues. And their issues are when I when he snaps the ball, 
he's a one read, maybe two read guy. He's not looking down. He's not going one, two, three, four. He's going, all right, this is the guy. If he's not open, if the other receiver is in my line of sight, because I'm looking at this guy, I'll throw it. But if it's a, if he's, if I'm throwing to say it's trips, right. And the receiver that I want to throw to is to the left. He is so focused on that guy. And if he doesn't go left with it, he's running out of the pocket, not looking downfield and getting chased down, sacked, throwing the ball away inaccurate. He has a great accuracy in the pocket. He can throw the ball accurately really well, but his problem is I think when he starts getting chased down, uh, and Bryce well, Bryce Young excels at this. When he's getting chased, he's looking down the field. He's juking. He's trying to find the gaps in the defense, and he's still slinging it um, down the field. Accurate. I mean, not a hundred percent accurate, but it's at least he's trying down the field. Whereas I feel like when I watched film on C.J. Stroud, it was he would snap the ball. First and second read weren't there. It, the play's over. He's not. He's if it's not there, and most of the times it was there, but. When you're when you're scouting, you're like, okay, what am I going to do when my quarter? What, what's the quarterback going to do whenever our number one guy is locked up? And well, if you, all you have to do is look at who CJ Stroud's throwing the ball to. I mean, damn. I mean, like, yeah, like, look at the two guys uh, this year. And yeah. it was a sophomore year or redshirt freshman year. I mean, both of those guys are the number one receivers on their respective teams. Yeah. Both went over a thousand yards. And then you look at this year, Marvin Harris Jr., the best receiver in the nation. Then you got Najigbu. Um, and then you got um, Fleming. He's not a bad. He's not a bad number oh. three. Ohio yeah. State is loaded with yep. always a great run game. Yep. I do think the championship game, or it was like a championship game, but Should've the playoff been, game. I think Stroud. Uh, he showed a lot of things. I mean, both of these quarterbacks are really talented, and very athletic, but they don't use their athleticism to move out of the pot, like to run right. out, kind of use their legs as a weapon. They use their legs to kind of make gaps like you said kobe kind of find a guy on the on the run yeah, and i think uh, play. exactly and i think stroud definitely moved up to the second best quarterback in this class after that georgia game yeah. i mean jalen carter is a dog and uh he made him look silly he put him on skates a few times and yeah. he definitely he, he impressed a lot of people it definitely uh shocked me i think stroud is a really good quarterback i just think there's a lot more growth to go i and let's get to Justin Fields just for a, a mini second here. <laughs> if the Bears would let that man throw the ball, he would be electric. I'm telling you. I know. I, yeah. Franchise, they are a horrible franchise. I agree. I know. Get out of there. And the fact that they're talking about trading him, please do. Put him on a real team with a real offensive coordinator and uh, let that man throw the ball because he did not have a problem with arm strength, accuracy at Ohio State, at Georgia. Or in high school, Justin Fields is that dude. He just Justin Fields. His problem is, I believe he's he's good. I don't think he is gonna. If he gets traded, it's not a bad thing. I think it'll help him out. I think the problem with him and Stroud, the thing that they had in common going into the draft, was they this the reading. They didn't get. They can't read as much as like Bryce Young can. Like Bryce Young is very good at. Because he did also this is a good this was a good season for Bryce Young, mainly because we got to see what he, he had no weapons. Yeah, he had no weapons. So we got to see what he's gonna be like in the NFL in real life when you don't okay. So the team that's projected to get him, I think, is the Texans, right? Who are you gonna have? Brandon Cooks doesn't even want to play for you. You have John Michi has leukemia. Who are you gonna throw to? Is the question. And who's gonna want to go there? So right. this was a good test to see can he still uplift his team? Can he still be a leader even when they're not doing well? And he did. So I think him being the one-on-one kind of makes sense but i'm not saying cj stroud can't the one thing that cj stroud needs is he needs to just sit somewhere and learn and develop those reading the being able to read don't go to kyle murray for help go find somebody to teach you how to read a defense and progress through your progressions and be able i think the colts is a good landing spot for any of those yes i I love it contract i mean they get good playing time they got a weapon out there. They got two weapons out. Pierce has become someone. They got a young team, good offensive line, a run game, and then they'll have a veteran quarterback at backup. Whoever goes there, that's going to be a. And you have game. a run game that that can really help you. You have Jonathan they Taylor. Coach. They just yeah. need one. That's what I'm saying. I don't. I'm not against CJ Stroud. I think he's going to be gone very early, just like Bryce Young. But if I had to pick one, like we all said, it's got to be Bryce Young. Just what we've seen, what he's been able to go through. And history tells us that if you're coming from Alabama, you're probably pretty fucking good. So 
Um, other than that, I I think we're we're done. I think we we got yeah, all. There wasn't our... a lot of arguing besides <clears throat> two teams here. Yeah, and I think our our first ever podcast with Bert went very well. So yes, it did. Um, it did. I'm excited. I'm excited for the playoffs to the today's Friday. So tomorrow we have games going on. I'm excited for my Bucks. And if we don't do a podcast tomorrow, it's probably because uh, we lost the Cowboys. Um, I'm just kidding. Um, but anyways, uh, I think that's everything. Unless you guys have a last second thing you want to add. Oh man, I'm okay. I'm, uh, set. All right. Well. That concludes episode 34. It's been great. I appreciate you guys listening. Talk to you guys later. Cowboys. Peace.